0: Welcome to Industry Focus,
1: the podcast
0: that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day.
1: I'm your host, Emily Flippin.
0: I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today, we're talking financials.
1: Today, we're talking consumer goods.
0: Wild Card Wednesday, Wednesday. We're talking energy. And today, we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Monday, December 6th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. and On this week's financial show, we're taking a closer look at another IPO coming here in the financial space, NewBank. Joining me this week to take a look at it all, it's certified financial planner, Mr. Matt Frankel. Matt, how's everything going? Well, my portfolio is
1: not doing that great, but I'm doing fine. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in my own personal bear market over
0: here. Well, I think I think that uh, that that feeling is probably uh, contagious. <laughs> I think a lot, I think a lot of people are probably feeling that way these days. Um, and you know as 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 we know it, it's obviously a a feature of investing it's one of those it's one of those things that comes with the territory and you, and you have to get used to it and you know that's that's I'm glad you brought that up because for newer investors it's really it's it, it's it's difficult right I mean for newer investors it's really difficult to uh look at days or stretches like we've been going through here seeing all of that red and and, and being able to to reconcile that hey you know what everything is probably going to be okay um, the more you go through these types of situations, the more you go through these types of stretches, the easier it gets. The more you um, can stomach that volatility. And I, I don't know about you, Matt, and before we get into the into into New Bank, I mean, maybe we could just uh, throw a tip or two out there for folks in 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 dealing with this kind of volatility. I mean, for me, I mean, we always hear the same old, "Well, we're we're focused on the long term," and 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 that's that's. Correct to a degree, but but for me, I mean, I, I look at stretches like this, and, and it really just makes me feel better about having a very well diversified portfolio. I mean, I'm not just exposed to a bunch of growth stocks and, and leaving it at that. I mean, I, I do have some boring names in my portfolio that, while they may not light the world on fire, um, they provide me they provide me a little solace during stretches like this. What about you? Yeah, and
1: and the growth stocks I do own are the kind that don't you know don't have a ton of debt and are you know. Not necessarily profitable, but are close to it and, and aren't going to go anywhere. And I, 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 like my diverse portfolio. And it, you're right; it does get easier as time goes on. No one likes watching their portfolio go down. I'm not like, yay! I just a hundred thousand dollars is gone. <laughs> yeah. um, but you, you condition yourself to think of it as kind of an opportunity rather than a, a problem, right? Over time, and that's it, it's easier said than done. It took me years to get
0: into that mindset. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, and that's just it. I mean, I, you and I collectively have been at it for quite some time, and so we have some some experience under our under our belts there. Uh, for for those of you who are, who are still a bit newer to the game, um, you know, don't don't let stretches like this. Scare you away. Um, it, 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 things will get better. Uh, you have to be able to stomach this type of volatility in order to uh, really benefit from from ultimately what, what uh, long term share ownership brings you. And and uh, yeah, I can testify. I mean, if if you hang in there, stay patient, just collect uh, yourself a bunch of really good businesses, and then you will you will see those results over time. And and, and the longer that you do it, uh, the more the more that becomes apparent. So so hang in there, hang in there, as I know what we're, but that's what we're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, let's take a look at a uh, an IPO that's getting ready to hit here. I think I think actually it's slated for December 8th. Um. And, and this is New Bank. We've we've had a few people on Twitter reach out to us and asking about this company. And when we thought, well, if we had the bandwidth to jump into it, we will. Uh. And so thankfully, we do have the bandwidth to do it. And and so let's talk a little bit about New Bank because this is, as I said, an IPO that's getting ready uh, to price on December eighth. This is a, I mean, in simplest terms, it's a bank. Um. I guess it's it's a banking, a digital banking platform. But let's talk a little bit about what New Bank does exactly.
1: Yeah, so they are a Brazilian fintech company, which, you know, there's a bunch of those that we follow. But this is, as the name implies, it's designed to be an alternative to the traditional banking system. Brazil's banking system works a little bit differently than ours in that it's dominated by a few big players. Then you know, everyone knows that our banking system has the big companies. You have the JP Morgan's, you have the Citigroups, you have the Bank of America's. But Picture Brazil's system as if the banking system was had the big four and only the big four. Um, they don't have the regional banking networks. They don't have the credit. You know, they don't have a five thousand different banks like we do. So, a few years ago, the government you know actively promoted you know fintech disruption, and New Bank is emerging as the winner. Um, even at the low end of their IPO valuation, they're going to have a bigger market cap than Brazil's biggest traditional bank.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be something like a forty billion dollar market capitalization, right?
1: Yeah, they're they're and and they lowered it. Uh, they they've lowered the the valuation they're trying to get. And honestly, given the current market conditions, I wouldn't be surprised if it prices a little bit lower than they expect. Um, it, but it's favorable for the IPO investor. Remember, um, it wasn't that long ago in twenty twenty one when when IPOs were were going we doubling on day one and, and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. This could actually be a net positive for the retail investor who could get into this at you know the same valuation that the big guys are are getting in on it.
0: I think that's a really good point there. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but I guess I didn't
1: answer your question as to what they do.
0: Well, let's let's jump <laughs> into that though. I mean, a, a digital banking platform, and I mean that that really does go, I think, in a number of different directions. But ultimately, I mean, when you look at the company, when you look at this business, and their mission. It's a very big picture mission, and so I mean, the, the mission itself to fight complexity, to empower people, right? They're trying to make things simpler, to make things uh, to 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 give to give people more control over their financial freedom, their financial lives. I mean, I think we can all get behind that. But but exactly how do they do that? I mean, it, this they provide, generally speaking, banking services, right? Yeah, I would I would compare their business model. I guess the closest company I could think of in the
1: U.S. is SoFi. Okay. Um, they offer personal loans. They offer a credit card. They offer what they call cash management accounts, which are you know like a checking alternative. They offer an investment product. You know, it sounds kind of like Sofi's business model. <laughs> um, and it's really caught on. It's like as if Sofi wasn't competing with a bunch of other banks of its same size. Um, it's a Brazilian company. It operates in Mexico and Colombia also. One out of six people in all of those markets. Are new bank customers. So this is a popular popular platform. Um, They've grown their customer base in the past three years. Their customer base has grown from 3.7 million to over 48 million. So this is a very popular idea that that in Brazil and these other markets that the financial system should not be dominated by a few legacy players. That there is a better way to bank. Um, New bank says it saved its customers something like. Five billion almost five billion dollars in banking fees, um, compared to the, the legacy players. That's a big deal, That's um,
0: very big deal.
1: it's <laughs> it's a it, it, it's a, it, like I said, I, I'd compare it mostly to a SoFi. I don't necessarily want to call it the SoFi of Brazil because it's one of my big pet peeves is when you call <laughs> you know the something of something else, yeah. Um, like no, you I know. appreciate
0: that. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I it's, it's funny you brought up SoFi because. You know, when I was looking through the S one, I saw this little this little story in 2014. They launched their first product, the new credit card, which was a purple Mastercard branded credit card, um, and that was they launched that in Brazil. And it just that actually made me think of Sofi. I mean, I know Sofi was on the student lending side, but it it just started with a simple concept, something to try to make. People's lives a little bit easier, a little bit better. Um, and we talk a lot about Sofi on this on this show. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that you're a, a fan of that business, and I, I'm, I'm certainly very encouraged by it as well. Um, it just starts with one little idea, but then you look at that big mission, and you can see how many different avenues of growth they can pursue with just this simple concept of trying to empower people by making things simpler. Yeah, there's a, a lot of
1: different growth verticals here and kind of like we talked about with SoFi, the the big potential here is cross-selling, right? Yeah. You know, if you you get people into your ecosystem as a credit card customer, you get them to sign up for a bank account too. You get them to start an investment account. You get them to, you know, when they start a small business, they start a business account. They need insurance. They're gonna buy from you because you're saving them money. It's there's a lot of cross-selling potential here to generate revenue. And that's what I think the market's missing about SoFi as well as New Bank. Is that the you know the average customer has just one or two products with with the company, and there's room to expand that to six,
0: seven over time. Yeah, and that that's really impressive to think about. And uh, going back to just the 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 customer base that they have, I mean that is that's really when you look at they they quote this in the S O S one there their market opportunity generally speaking is Latin America. Um, Brazil is going to be obviously a big, big portion of that opportunity. But I mean, with 650 million people, they quote in Latin America as their opportunity, they have 48 million customers. So not only do they have room to grow on the customer side, but as you mentioned, the cross-selling as well. I think that really demonstrates the potential here. Um, which, which I think for investors they should be very encouraged. What do you, what do you feel like could make this a good investment? Well, I
1: think. I generally don't invest in fintechs, especially foreign ones, right when they go public. It's it's really tough to tell how they're going to be a good investment if they're going to be able to continue their growth story. Because one, one their growth the past few years has been phenomenal and is honestly not that sustainable. Right. Um, their, their three-year growth rate has been 110% in terms of customers. You can only double year-over-year year so long when you get to this size um you know they they have forty one, forty eight million 48 million customers if they were to double two for two more times that would be the entire market of the of of Brazil <laughs> yeah. um so there's you know that that 110% figure is not going to be around forever so the big question is how many products can they sell to each of their customers how can they build up their per customer revenue by by you know expanding it to all these other verticals and things like that because if their per customer revenue continues to grow that's when I would become interested in and say okay this really has legs it can be sustainable
0: yeah you know one thing i noticed in reading up on this company it, it, and it shouldn't really come as a surprise i think but but i mean they 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 do seem to be very customer centric very focused on serving the customer in in minimizing um, complaints, minimizing friction, and they—they they had a graph. They have a graph in the F in, in the S one that I, I think is really eye-opening. It—it it, it refers to the number of complaints received per one million customers, and over the last six months of 2020 is the time frame here. And when you when you look at this number of complaints received per one million customers, you've got New Bank at 269 right that's 269 complaints per 1 million customers and so what does that mean how do, how do we put that into context well the median in their market is 1420 complaints per 1 million customers
1: i saw that they have they have a net promoter score of 90 which if you, if you know anything about that metric that's you know off the charts good in terms of customer satisfaction
0: yeah well i mean it, it and the stereotype, I think, for banks for a lot of a lot of folks, they feel like banks aren't really there to serve them, and and maybe the service isn't uh, up to par, so to speak. But but it really feels like with New Bank, that is a primary point of focus is, is making sure to keep. I mean, that's a metric I think we're paying attention to because it feels to me like that's going to be one they continue to call out because it is so exceptional. Yeah, their
1: their customer service is great. I mean, you don't scale from you know three million to forty eight million customers in three (laughs) years without without making your customers happy. Yeah. So I mean, and they're they're bringing a lot of people who were not current who were not in the financial system into their ecosystem, and it's really paying off. These people are so happy to like have a part, have a seat at the table, so to speak, at Brazil's financial system. Um, Just one statistic. They provided five over five million people their first credit card or bank account. Five million people, wow, got, had, did not have a credit card or bank account before before New Bank in in Brazil. So that I mean, of course, these people are going to be thrilled to to be to be joining the financial. League. This is a system that's that's that shut them out for 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 generations, and now they have a seat at the table, and it's it's really inclusive and it's it's a great thing socially. I mean, investment merits aside. It's just a great thing for the world, but it, it's it's really impressive to to think of how they've, you know, found this underserved group of customers and turned them into satisfied bank banking customers.
0: Yeah, that that that's a little bit square like to me as well, you know, and trying to to spread economic empowerment i mean that that is a bold uh, a bold mission but also i think a a noble one i mean i you, you look you look at the world i mean the big world a lot of people out there a lot of folks who are unbanked and underbanked and and uh, businesses like Newbank are really really trying to make this a fairer system and, and I, I tell you the economics of the business I mean it it doesn't really take much for them to get customers in you know banking can be very sticky um, but their customer acquisition costs they recover that in fewer than 12 months on average so I mean once you get those customers in there those acquisition costs they pay off fairly quickly and, and if you you have that big, Big suite of banking services. I mean, that can be very sticky and, and result in a very long, uh, long tail, so to speak, of, of uh, opportunity, of revenue, of growth there. And, and I think that's really encouraging. And maybe that's why I wanted to ask you about this because it. it it looks like it looks like there is a uh, that New Bank has the backing of a certain Oracle of Omaha that I'm not going to name, but maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about this. They, they've got some big backing from a, a familiar face, so to speak.
1: Yeah, Berkshire led their latest uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, it wasn't Warren Buffett himself. It was probably one of his lieutenants. Uh, Berkshire led its latest fundraising round with a $500 million investment. Which gave Berkshire about two percent ownership in the bank at the time. Um, so, not only did New Bank just raise, I think, a little over a billion dollars in that funding round that Berkshire led, they're going to raise over two billion dollars, even at the low end of their their price range, they're going to raise over two billion dollars in the IPO. That gives them a lot of growth capital to to take their business really to the next level and build out products and things like that. It's a oh, that's more than what SoFi raised um, yeah. in its IPO.
0: Yeah, yeah. What what about leadership here? I mean, this it strikes me as a at least partly founder led, but it does it does um, it feels like there's some passionate leadership here. Uh, what, what are your impressions of leadership? Any any anything on, on that front?
1: There are. I need to dig into the leadership a little bit more, but I, I just reading through the shareholder letter and their in their IPO filing, you can tell that this is a, they are passionate. They really want to promote inclusivity in the Brazilian financial system and in, in other areas around the world too they're not stopping there like i mentioned they're already getting into Mexico and Colombia so i i, I like it's it very definitely you know passionate about about the business is, is my big takeaway
0: yeah yeah that's that's uh that's a good way to put it and they do have that letter from the founders in their filing there i think it's a it's well worth a read because you get their perspective on what uh, really matters to them the mission uh, how they plan to get there. I thought I thought it was really I thought it was really neat how they refer to the five financial seasons. Um, I'm not sure if you read that, but this five financial seasons. What's kind of it, it it kind of I think lays out how they view the relationship with the consumer and how they can help the consumer and 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 also help the business capitalize on growing that relationship. The five financial seasons of spending with their credit and debit cards. Saving with their new personal and business accounts, investing with their direct-to-consumer digital investment platform, borrowing with their their uh, transparent uh, personal loans and cards, and then and then protecting with their insurance solutions. It really does feel like they are trying to become the holistic provider uh, in 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 many ways, and and uh, that really goes back to that cross-selling opportunity. I think.
1: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that, and I think. Like I said, that that's what would
0: make me an investor. Is if they really expand on the on their ability to cross sell. Well, what would scare you away from a business like this? What red flags or risk factors come into play that you feel like matter most for investors looking at New Bank today?
1: Well, expect volatility. That's what I would say with any foreign investment, especially one in Brazil at this point. Look at what Stoneco's price has done in the past year or so. It's a good example. Um, It's they're not the same economy as us. They're not as resilient in terms of. They're just their general financial system, so there's there are risks to investing in a foreign stock. Not to mention foreign exchange headwinds. Um, but what what would scare me away is probably valuation. If if on IPO day this doubled, I would be gone. If it, if it looked like a good if if I could invest for a similar valuation to where Buffett did, um, which he he got in at about a twenty five billion dollar valuation. Um, so that if 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 the valuation makes sense, they did about. A little over a billion dollars of revenue this year so far, um, doubled year over year. So the valuation at their IPO price doesn't seem ridiculous to me. Um, it's, it's
0: what it does afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. What it does afterwards and, uh, maybe maybe like you said I mean maybe maybe going uh, going public in this type of market will will prove to be a benefit for them I think for me I mean a couple of the things that we called out here earlier I mean to me that complaints metric I'm just fascinated by that I think it's I love that they can quantify that and I, and I hope that we are able to follow that metric along I hope they provide some some updates there because I think as they grow right I mean you talk about 650 million people and 48 million customers today plenty of room to grow that customer base not only on an absolute basis but also via cross-selling the bigger a system gets the more difficult it is to manage so I think we'd want to make sure we see that same focus on uh on, on the customer uh, play there I mean if, if we saw those complaints rising if if we started to hear more criticism or, or complaints regarding the service. That, 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 I don't know that's necessarily reason to bail, but it certainly is. It, it's a reason to look more closely and, and try to understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like there are a lot of, of neat pieces to this business. Um, and, and certainly one that we'll talk about more on this show as it becomes, uh, you know, a, a regular, a regular in the rotation for earnings season and whatnot. I mean, I, I feel like this is a big opportunity. We've seen uh, the opportunity in Latin America play out, and and companies like Mercado Libre, for example, which started out just as e-commerce, but now. Uh, you can really look at that as as a, a fintech opportunity as well, <laughs> which is cool. I think um, it, New Bank uh, it gets to play in that same sandbox, and we, we've certainly seen uh, where, where there can be some big opportunities out there. So, looking forward to this one going public. Uh, looking forward to learning more about it and and watching them develop their track record as a publicly traded company. And Matt, I appreciate you taking the time out this week to dig in and and talk a little bit more with us about it. Of course, always fun to be here. Alright, folks, well, that'll do it for us this week. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus, or you can drop us an email at at fool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks, as always, to Tim Sparks for putting the show together for us. For Matt Frankel, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.